Welcome to GW Hospital HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic is what is a level one trauma center? My guest is Dr. Babak Sarani. He is the director of the Center for Trauma and Critical Care at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Sarani, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So let's talk a little bit first about what is a level one trauma center. What makes up a, a center like that? So the levels of designation are uh, levels that the American College of Surgeons um, uses to determine the type of capability a hospital has to take care of injured patients. And uh, there's a bunch of criteria and regulations that go into obtaining verification at a particular trauma level. Level one is the highest or the most capable level a trauma center can, uh, a hospital can achieve in terms of its trauma status. Uh, a level one trauma center basically means you can take care of any form of injured patient uh, that may present uh, to the hospital, whether it's injuries to the heart, the lungs, any other organs of the abdomen, the bone, the brain, spinal cord, whatever may show up, that hospital has the capability in terms of equipment as well as personnel to take care of that patient. So it sounds like the most severe cases of trauma would go to a level one trauma center. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And this is something that the paramedics are also trained on. So they know where to take a patient depending on their particular um, assessment of the injuries that that patient may have sustained. They'll take into account how that person looks, what their vital signs are, what the mechanism of injury was, how likely is it that this person is severely injured, and they'll make a determination, should we go to a trauma center, yes or no? And if we're going to go to a trauma center, should we go to a level one, level two, or level three trauma center? So you had mentioned that there's a lot of criteria and requirements for a hospital be, to be designated level one. So how many level one trauma centers are in the country or at least maybe in the D.C. area? So in the Washington, D.C. area, in, in Washington, D.C. itself, there are two, currently two adult level one verified trauma centers. There is one pediatric uh, verified level one trauma center. That's within the district itself. In the surrounding region around Washington, D.C., uh, there are two level two trauma centers and an additional, I'm sorry, three, three level two trauma centers and an additional level one trauma center. Once you kind of get outside of our, uh, you know, the ring that's uh, specifically around D.C. and head up into Baltimore, there would be, uh, you know, other, other centers. But in the D.C. metropolitan region, that's basically the lay of the land. Um, you know, one, being a level one or a level two, uh, for that matter, center is not easy. Uh, one of the most important uh, aspects of these trauma centers is that the operating room is staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, with a dedicated team that is in the house. So anesthesiologists, operating room nurses, operating room techs, uh, trauma surgeons themselves literally spend the night in the hospital. Uh, and so that within 15 minutes, the OR can open up and receive any patient who needs to, to, to be cared for uh, in the operating room itself. That requires a lot of personnel, a lot of ongoing training. And so uh, it requires just a lot of dedication and uh, both uh, vision as well as financial resources to staff a level one or level two trauma center. Yeah, and so you bring up a really good point. In a level one trauma center, then, we're not having to transport a patient who maybe is very severe to another place to have a surgery. They can actually have whatever surgery they need, correct, in that level one trauma center. That's exactly right. Part of the criteria are 
do you have all the specialists that may be needed to uh, care for a patient? So for a level one, we have um, anything from cardiac surgery, immediate open heart surgery, to neurosurgery, orthopedic surgery, trauma surgery, plastic surgery, urology, ear, nose, and throat surgery. It goes on and on. So there's really no specialty that a level one trauma center doesn't have. They should be able to care for anything that walks into the hospital, but in reality doesn't walk into the hospital. It's brought in by paramedics. And the entirety of the care stays in that hospital from beginning to end. Some trauma centers, uh, such as ours, have a built-in rehab uh, unit as well. So our patients would actually stay at George Washington for ongoing rehabilitation once their acute care needs have been met. Other trauma centers aren't like that. Other trauma centers have agreements with freestanding rehabilitation centers and would only transfer a patient out of the hospital when it's time for that individual to undergo rehabilitation. Right. So, uh, you know, somebody listening to this, they might be thinking to themselves, well, if I have an emergency, I'm going to go to the best place where all the doctors are. And But not everybody has to go to a level one trauma center. Can you give us a little bit of background on who goes and who doesn't go to a level uh, one trauma center? Yeah, the ones that definitely go to a level one trauma center are the ones that are very severely injured and at imminent risk of death. So that might be someone who is in a high-speed car crash or a motorcycle crash or, God forbid, has been shot someplace vital, like their abdomen or their chest. Those patients would all go to a level one trauma center because they need the capabilities that are immediately available, um, you know, should, should they actually have severe injury. Patients who are a little bit less injured don't need to go to a level one trauma center. So patients who might be in a a uh, low-speed motor vehicle crash, patients who have fallen but not from great height, maybe fall off of a ladder, uh, you know, fall from standing for our elderly population. Those patients would do fine in a level two or a level three, perhaps, trauma center. They still would benefit from the services that a trauma center can offer. Probably they would do better in a trauma center than in a non-trauma center, but they don't necessarily need to be in a level one. Um, the level ones need to be a little bit careful about which patients they actively uh, go out and, and talk to paramedics about receiving. And the reason is we don't want to be in a position where we're overrun with patients who are less severely injured. And then when someone who is very severely injured shows up, our resources have already been expended on the less injured. So it's a, we, we try our best to kind of find this sweet spot where we only have, let's say, about a 1% chance, maybe a 2% chance of missing somebody who is severely injured. Uh, in return, we'll take a, a good number that are not severely injured. We'll take maybe 30%. But we don't want to get that number to be too much higher. If we start taking people, let's say if half the patients who come to a level one trauma center are in fact not severely injured, then there's not many resources left for the ones that show up that are severely injured. So that's kind of how we try to do this. Right. And all trauma centers look at these numbers very carefully on a, either a month-by-month month or a quarterly basis to try to make sure that we're working well with our paramedics in determining who should come here and who would be equally well-served going elsewhere. And you, and you mentioned before that the paramedics are trained in knowing who really should go to a level one trauma center versus a different level. And so if a listener is hearing this and they're injured, they can put some trust and faith in the paramedic that they will also make that correct designation for them. Is, that's how it works, right? That's absolutely accurate. Remember that the paramedics are ultimately overseen by a physician. They have a medical command, and it's that medical director 
that is telling the paramedics through the protocols he or she writes what they should do if this happens or if that happens. And ultimately, the guidance for all this triage comes from the Centers for Disease Control, the federal government, where they look and say, okay, if this injury has occurred or if that is your vital sign, if this is the kind of physical exam you have, what's the probability you're going to be injured? And they issue guidance that if someone has had this particular event occur, like a car crash or fall from height, and their blood pressure is this, and their heart rate is that, and this is what you find on your physical exam, then we, the CDC, would recommend uh, transfer to a trauma center. <clears throat> that guidance is then translated to protocols by the medical directors who oversee paramedics. <clears throat> and so when we in the trauma center are interacting with our paramedics, in reality, we're interacting with the medical directors, uh, kind of giving them feedback on what happened when those protocols were implemented. And in in that way, we have a nice closed system where we're all talking to each other and making sure that the resources that we have are used appropriately. When somebody is admitted to a level one trauma center and they are stabilized, they're no longer in that emergency, is it common for some people at that point then to be transferred to another community hospital? Not very commonly, no. More often than not, much more often than not, once you arrive at a trauma center, if you need to be admitted, we will admit you to our own hospital. And the reason is you're being admitted for a reason. You have bona fide injury, and we will take care of that for you. There's a good number of patients who come to the trauma center. They're evaluated in the emergency department and are ultimately discharged home and told, you know, you have either very minor injury that doesn't require admission or, you know, that's good news is you don't have any injury at all. Um, but once you get to the point where you require admission, you're probably better off staying in the same hospital. We have your test results. We have your blood test results. We have your radiology results. And we've kind of established a relationship so we now know who that individual is and we can care for that person. <clears throat> Certainly we'll reach out to their primary care physician at some point and let them know, you know, that their patient is here and get a better feel for the, for the patient. But in that moment in time, we will admit to ourselves. Dr. Sarani, in summary, what would you like people to know about a level one trauma center? I think a couple things that would be worthwhile is um, a level one trauma center is a true asset to any community. Having a level one trauma center near you does nothing but increase your safety uh, by allowing you to have immediate access to 2017 cutting-edge medicine. That's, that's probably the most important thing. But please appreciate that that trauma center comes with a, a cost, and that cost is what the hospital determines it wants to expend in creating all these resources. So I really think of you as the trauma center as kind of your friendly neighbor. I know the place is a bit ruckus, it's a bit busy, but it really is a safety net. And you know, I think working with the community to try to prevent injury uh, where, wherever possible, as well as provide care when injury does occur, is the fundamental mission um, of a trauma center, regardless of level one, level two, or level three. Right. Dr. Sarani, thank you for the work that you're doing, and also thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Hospital HealthCast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you can go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.